Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. Barry, you're standing in for Vanessa. This is not a chat GPT. This is the real deal. Isn't it, Kev? How are you? Yeah, Grandpa. No major complaints, all right? Happy days, TC. Keeping well? Yeah. Yeah, no bad. Happy days. And Dan Barber. How are you, Dan? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Raring to go. I love York. Absolutely love the place. Although, albeit I'll be in Perth, so it's an irrelevance to me. <laughs> no dream catcher behind you today. You're in the office, are you? Yeah, yeah. Studious. No doubt. Right. Okay, let's kick on. We'll go straight into York. This pod is covering York on Wednesday and Thursday, and we'll be back on Thursday with another podcast looking at Friday and Saturday's action on ITV. We kick off in the 150. It's the mile and a half Skybet race to the Ebor Jorvik handicap. La Yakel has been really well punted here, Dan. It's been really well supported. It was an eight to one chance. It's usurped real dream at the head of the market. It's seven to two now, nine to two real dream. White Wolf is a seven to one chance. Eight Sam Cook, five places on the sports book. And Yala Kell is trained by the man who loves to have a winner at York, Dan. And he's, he's trained does. by the last two winners of this uh, of this handicap. Yeah, in the same colours as well. I mean, there's if you like your symmetry, you're all over this. But I thought Haggis, the man who quite partial to having winners at York, um, has another lively one, Tasman Bay. I mean, it's, it looked a really interesting trader changer to me. You've got, I know Mark Todd's had winners, um, but Haggis is top grade, isn't he? And he's got Tasman Bay, a horse who was a three-year-old, had the misfortune of running into the likes of Alan Kerr, Bailly, Dubai Honor. He didn't have any sort of campaign in 2023. He finished last twice and 12th of 15 in the Wolferton at Royal Ascot. But I'm pinning my hopes that Haggis gets a genuine Group 2 horse back in something like his best shape, in which case he's he's going to be very dangerous off that mark. And he's had only one go at the trip and he ran really well. So, yeah, I'm hoping Haggis wins it, just not with the one the market agrees with. Yeah, trainer uplift, you're betting on there um, for Tasman Bay. First time tongue. Ty uh, was six to one, is eight to eight to one. Kev, how are you looking at this? The Orvik, yeah, Tasman Bay jumped off the page to me as well. Um, the horse I've really liked from the get go. Um, he's he's massive and he like he did an awful lot there as a three year old, like Dan says, like he was bumping into some real good horses. I, I really fancied him and asked it, and um, they gave him a they gave him a funny type of ride. Now they didn't really make use of him, and I was annoyed after the race. But it turns out who's beaten my Alan Kerr, who ended up being a Group One winner, so there was no great shame in it. Um, and the trainer swap is really interesting. Um, I think York will suit him really well. Like he, he's a big, long, striding, galloping horse, and uh, York will suit him well. Down to a hundred and two now. Um, Haggis is 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 grinding into form. A little bit slower than usual. Um, in terms of number of winners for this time of year, but it is starting to happen. If they're not winning, they're running well. Um, so I'm happy enough to take a chance on that front. Uh, but look, the main point here is that Willem Haggis loves having winners at York, and he and he's not messing about here. He's got Tasman Bay. He's had, he's had him under a wraps bar. This horse has got ten pounds in hand, and he's been waiting for York to unleash him. So Tasman Bay will do for me. Interesting that the market's all over his other one and used to a boat gone for Tasman Bay TC. Um, Ryan Moore rides real dream. Like I said, he was the favorite initially, but he's a, a nine to two chance now between uh, behind Yala Kel. But he gives him a favorable mention, although he hasn't ridden him. Uh, he didn't ride him last day. He gives him a favorite mention in his blog, which you can read. Yeah, he, he wasn't, um, it's live now. I mean, he wasn't overly bullish. I mean, it is a very, very tight race. I mean, as you mentioned, all the money's been for Yala Kel, which was quite surprising. And Tasman Bay's, as we're recording, it's you know he's eight on the sports book. He's he's fourteen on the exchange. I'm just worried about. I'm just worried about with that drift. And you shouldn't go overboard about initial drifts, but with a mark of 102, he's probably got some wriggle room about getting it down a bit further and going to Ascot because obviously Tasman Bay's got some very good Ascot form. And um, I'm just wondering whether. It's another day for that. First time tongue tied, so he may have had some wind issues. So, yeah, I may I put up Forza Auto um, on um, losing losing track of days. Uh, Forza Auto on Monday at sixteen. He's now into twelves. Uh, that's pretty much his price, I think. But I mean, he was he was a length second to Garcy in this race last year. Obviously, Haggis is going for his third straight win in this race. 
And um, obviously, Garcia ended the season £9 higher. Uh, Forza Orta is, is £4 higher himself. But I think that's very fair, Mark, because he was two lengths clear of the third in this last year. He, he went on to win on fast ground uh, at this track in the summer. So I think the £4 higher mark is, is very feasible. Very underwhelming running up first on his comeback, but I think he's better on better ground. It was soft that day, but time from called it heavy. One second time out last season before coming here. So I thought Forza Auto was very solid. I backed him when only, but if you want to back him 12 was five places with the sports book, I wouldn't put you off. But um, yeah, I mean, that Yala Cal, I mean, that 72 might even come under pressure. I mean, he was, he's literally that price on the exchange at the moment, which uh, uh, usually signals a shortening of price. No, Forza Auto for me. Okay, Forza Orton for TC, and both Kevin and Dan go for Tasman Bay, but that caveat from TC about that, maybe another day for him with Ascot in mind. On to the second race at 225, it's a six furlong handicap. A lot of old pals of the show in here. Kanjar is your favourite at six to one. Biel said, Dan, you've medals for putting him up. He's an eight to one chance. Last year's winner to go to cold, to go to, <laughs> Dakota Gold is an eight to one chance. Gives a sub, you put him up. Tony, and he's been the one you put him up last October, I think, for a race here at the over this course and distance, actually. And he's 10 to 1 from 33 to 1. He's been really well supported, Gizzo. So, is that your money? No, um, no, I missed, I missed all that. Um, I, I backed, um, and I've tipped a horse called Gisborne. Now, he does come with a wealth warning. Um, he ran dismally last time at Newbury. Um, they, they couldn't. They couldn't find out a reason for that. It really was a terrible run because he, he went there on the back of a really promising fourth at Doncaster on his reappearance when he was over the far side, raced alone, and you could really upgrade that. And, you know, he was fancy to run a race at Newbury, but last of 15, beating a furlong. Um, so I was I was really arm and ironing whether to put him up, especially as he got pulled out at, um, at Ascot at the weekend with a vet certificate. Now, I know those are, you know... You know, they're as uh, easy to come about as, as fish and chip wrapper, aren't they? But how dare you question the integrity of the veterinary profession, Tony Calvin? You yeah. see that Beverly tweet that the widest stalls <laughs> in the four sprints on the card of heaven, heaven forbid racing's got an integrity problem. <laughs> um, oh, I, so that's a, it comes with a worry, but I mean, the mind was, was made up for me by the price. I mean, he's he was 28 to 1, uh, 25 to 1 when I put him up on Monday and he's still around about that on the exchange win only and I'm backing him win only I know you get enhanced place terms with the sports but he is a he is a, just a win only bet given his profile but uh, he's down from 99 to a mark of 88 like I said a really promising comeback run if you go and have a look at his fourth here uh, sorry he's six here beating three lengths here in October over course and distance with anything like a clear run um and he was badly drawn on the high high numbers. He had to come across the track to get a run. Um, he should have won that day. He's four pound over here. Um, yeah, Gisborne. He, 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 like I said, he's a really tricky horse. He hangs and everything. And but I just like the way I, I want to be drawn middle to high here. Um, there's pace in 16, 20, 21, 22. So I think he's well drawn in fifteen. And yeah, there is some pace lower lethal Levi. But no, I think Gisborne. Um, if he's if he's on song. Um, yeah, comes with a well health warning, Gisburn. But you're putting him up. He's a twenty to one chance at the moment. Six places on the sports book. Holly Doyle for Richard Han and Kev. I seem to remember you napping Mackinac in that Musselburgh Sprint Cup recently. Money That's right. He's eleven to one from around the sixteen to one mark. Yeah, I got a fairly miserable run that day now, and I won't be going again. Um, I'm going with first folio. Um, James Ferguson uh, found his legs now and found some improvement at the back end of last season. Not mountains, but just steadily progressed the way. Um, he's been to York twice, uh, won and, and ran particularly well in, in a very good race, won by um, Bergamac. And uh, I just liked his return at Kempton. Like he ran to quite a high level. He shaped as if the run would sharpen him and got dropped a pound for it. And, and just gives the impression that he might be able to march on another bit this season. Um, he's drawn on the right part of the track. He's a little bit inconsistent in how in how he races. Um, you'd love him to be forward. He can make the running, but he can also um blow the start and get back as well. So I'm hoping this is one of his sharp days when he when he gets out and prominent. Um, so I like those tactics at York always on the sprint track. So first folio at around the kind of 12 14s mark will do for me. 
Yeah, he's around a 10 to 1 chance at the moment on the sports book. Dan, I said in the intro there that you medals for putting up Bielsa. Yeah, good old Summerganda as well. He's one of everybody's favourites, isn't he? What a star that horse has been. He should be better for that latest run. I think he's basically had excuses this season, but I associate this race with some mad results and d- double checking. I think six of the last eight have been tens plus. 20s chances in there. It's been won by a big price several times because it's a really competitive sprint. And I don't think actually the draw gets taken into account enough. I'd sooner be in the low stores. I'm having darts, therefore, in a roundabout way on two at massive prices. Um, not often I tip a bigger odds than TC, but Gaffanthvar is one of them. Now, I must caveat it with the fact he's declared to run on Thursday as well in a softer race. He might be going back to back. I don't know, but I think the draw's perfect. He's a quick horse. He was a decisive winner at the track last season. There's a chance he's just slightly out of his grade, but I thought it was worth chancing because the handicap has edged him back down to 86, even well, 85 actually, but he's a pound out of the weights. Excuses first two starts this season on terrible ground. And the other one I'm having a doubt at is just Frank because this was a really good horse for Lazare. Strong traveling. Remember going through a new market three-year-old only handicap one day, like a proper machine. It didn't really happen for him. He ran his race only once last season, but Tim's got him. He was in the market first time out, but ran like he might have needed the run. Probably people backing him on the trainer change alone, but he dropped three. He was a hundred about five or six runs ago. He's now had a spin for the season, which is classic Easter be, isn't it? And it's coming, he's coming to York for his second run, I I reckon this will have been the plan well, rather than his return. So those two win only, big prices. Got them far and just Frank for Dan. Okay, on to the three o'clock. It's the six furlong. It's the Duke York Clipper Stakes. Highfield Princess, the revelation of last season. Uh, the sprint filly is 11 to 5 favourite at the moment. Creative Force, who backs up really quick after winning just last weekend, is 16 to 5. It's 5 to 1. The Australian horse of Ryan Moore on the plate, the astrologist. Marshman, the only three-year-old in the field, is a six-to-one chance. It's eight-to-one Azure Blue. Emirati Anna, who won the, the Beffer Spring Cup in Haydock 11, and it's 20 bar. TC Highfield Princess, she took a couple of runs last season to come to hand, but when she did, God, she never stopped improving with those three wins in the in the Nuntorp over here in the Flying Five and in the in France in the race over when she stepped up to six and a half furlongs. But do you think she could just need the run? Possibly, but she'll need to be quite near her best because, you know, she's she's taken on Group 1 winners here. She's got a £5 penalty, hasn't she? But, um, so it'll be tough for her. Um, I haven't really got a strong opinion, so I'll move on very quickly. But I'll just flag up that Creative Force has been has been one for money. Um, I think there was some, um, there was certainly some nine to two knocking around, and and maybe some fives very early on on Monday, and but now, uh, you know, now he's I think he's about three to one poke, isn't it? Sixteen to five. Yeah, there was six when we first went up at the race on Monday. It was a six to one chance. Yeah, he was nine to two for one hundred thirty, and into sixteen to five. Now, Dan, have you a strong opinion here? Well, um, interesting. Well, it's one of the best flat races you'll see this for the time. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's full of interesting horses, loads of different strands of form. I have the opinion that Creative Force at the top level needs a stiffer six somewhere like Ascot. I think mm. that might be the beating of him a flat six at York. I'd worry about Highfield Princess as a mare really picking up where she did last season. It's a big old ask to have the campaign she did where she absolutely thrived on her racing. Uh, I'm going for a also I opposed at Newmarket on the basis that Michael Dodds wasn't having any winners. And ever since I said that, he seems to start earning loads of winners. So Michael, checks in the post, please, if you want to thank me for cursing you back into form. Uh, and as your blue, he runs two Dodsy, Comanche Falls, who's been a Jill Stewart's Cup winner, wasn't he? He was like a, a top-end handicap sprinter. Azure Blue is two years his junior. But to win at a time just before the stable probably clicking into gear, they went, they opened the year something like one winner from 100 runners. Um, and her profile, she did just get better and better. And unlike Highfield Princess, she's proven this year already that she's up and running. She beat oh, one of my favourites in Heredia. Actually, it looked like she might beat Heredia a bit further for a uh, some of the latter stages so not a strong view is similar to Tony Ray because I think it's a really hot wide open race with cases to be made for loads and we've not even mentioned the Aussie um, who mm. maybe Kev will expand on I, just, just very quickly um, 
I got the impression Ryan, Ryan talked him up a little bit, but I got the impression he was quite lukewarm on him. But yeah, he, he, he's not yeah. a complete unknown quantity either. He's not one of those who's never. He, we do have a an angle into him, don't we? Because he's had a crack in Dubai um, when Daniel beat him in that our cause. Yeah, I mean, no, when you pick up those Aussie rides, you're never going to be really downbeat. But I didn't, I didn't sense a spring in his step about the horse's chances. But I could be wrong. Okay, interesting. Azure blue. For Dan, who's drawn nine at ten, Kevin, um, are you a creative force backing up so quickly? Is that a negative for you, or Charlie Appleby shouldn't, shouldn't he? I'm just surprised they're doing it. Like I think the 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 gap was is lovely to Royal Ascot. I don't, just don't know why you back up again. Um, we we know he loves Ascot. I just thought it was a funny decision. But sure, look, he could well go and win. The best of luck to him. But um, look, I thought the astrologist was really interesting. Can't be a strong view, but um, look, we it, it, we'd had a bit of a gap between um, the Aussie sprinters coming to Europe for quite a few years, but they returned last year. And, you know, Nature Strip and Artorius kind of reminded us what the crack is. You know, this uh, for all that I love throwing stones at Australians and I hate them really. Um, they are they are brilliant with sprinters. They're the best, they're the best producers and trainers and everything else of sprinters in the world. And the, the world rankings would tell you that every year. And while this fella, you know, wouldn't be up there with the very best of what they have, you know, he showed in Dubai that, that he is a very good horse and his his best efforts in Australia read very well. So um, he's coming here en route to Royal Ascot. Um, you'd think the track would suit him really well. And um, yeah, Ryan on board, no negative. Um, he's going to be up against a few that are prepping. He is prepping in, in one way, but he's coming here uh, race fit. So yeah, the astrologist I thought was really interesting. Okay, the astrologist for Kevin in the Duke of York Clipper Stakes and Azure Blue for Dan. In the 335, the feature event, it's the Musadora. It's just under a mile, three furlongs. Infinite Cosmos um, for Sir Michael Satcher, six to four favoured, four to one. Nova Kai, who there has been money for that, was around a six to one chance earlier on. Gather Ye Rosebuds is 13 to two. Lambada for uh, Ryan Moore. On board for Aidan O'Brien is 15 to 2 from around the 10 to 1 mark, uh, 8 to 1 mile high. Sea roses in there at 8 to 1 as well. Um, it, it, an interesting renewal of the race, Kevin. I'm going to stick with you. Infinite Cosmos heads the market at 6 to 4. Yeah, really interesting. You, you could talk about a bunch of these that, that Nova Kai dimension, like everywhere she went last season, she seemed to be really strong in the market. And look, she, she delivered to an extent. She ended up rated 113, but um, you wonder will there be even more to come from her um, over this sort of trip because like it, it's a, it's quite a stout pedigree on both sides. So look, she's interesting. Infinite Cosmos. I remember there was loads of chat about her after she won her maiden because she was actually entered in the in the um, in the mare sale and she was only withdrawn very very late. Her her owners um, were selling quite a few horses and there was great chat that she was going to make a fortune there, but they they withdrew her and held on to her. Um, did the job at Newmarket and sure look there seems to be plenty of expectation and regard behind her but she is short um, and look Midnight Mile is the one I like um, really liked her as a, as a two year old last season um, really interesting kind of um, contrasting pedigree by no name ever from that um, from that wonderful family of Jude you know yesterday and Quarter Moon and all of those like, really good middle distance fillies a little bit of a quirk through some of them but um, look, she gave the impression that she'd stay well. Looked very eye-catching in America. You know, I know we, we talked about it at the time and, and weighed in, I think. You know, she was like one of the big eye-catchers of the meeting and coming from an awful long way back in a messy race. Um, still beaten five lengths or so, but it seemed a big run. And the fact that they're going straight into an Oaks trial rather than having gone, you know, tried her in a Guineas trial or a Guineas is, is very interesting. And um, I'm surprised she's the type of price she is now. Um, but she's in against a bunch of, you know, promising maiden winners in the main, whereas, you know, she, she's won a group three and showed up very well in a grade one in America. So I was surprised to see her kind of around the eight, nine to one, uh, yeah. eight or nine to one mark. And yeah, she'd do for me. She's an eight to one chance owned by Richard Henry. I know she's a filly you like last season, TC. I, I, I was talking to Richard Henry at the Craven meeting and I thought that she might go for the Guineas. He said no. Richard was very keen that they were going down. The Oaks route and kicking off here, but she was a filly you flagged up. You liked her last season, TC. I know Ryan as well. Yeah, obviously has ridden in for the Cosmos here. What sort of feeling did you get about that and uh, Lambada off him when you spoke to him? Um, Lambada, lots to find. 
just a. I like I said, I I think he was a little bit lukewarm on that, but like I said, he's never really going to talk them down, and, and nor should he, because you know we've seen any number of examples, including lots of San Antonio last week at Chester, that you know they can just sprout wings when it comes to these trials. So, but no, um, very positive about Infinite Cosmos. Um, I I get the impression that they think she will come into her own when it, when they get a, the mile four trip, and obviously she's second favourite for the Oaks. But so maybe maybe good ground at your flat track, maybe might be a little bit too quick for her. She did take a real while to get going when winning her maiden, but um, yeah, I mean they obviously they think she's a, a classic type filly, but maybe 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 over further, but. Yeah, I get the impression that I mean, you know, Sea of Roses has only beaten a short head by her in the maiden, uh, has come out and finished second to a potential worldie of um, Andre Farb's Ponce de Dieu in a group three. Be happy didn't let that form down that badly. She was behind Sea of Roses at, at uh, in France last time. If you are looking for a bet, maybe Sea of Roses each way eight to one, but not my kind of race. Haven't had a bet and probably won't. Interesting. It is the dead age as well for each way backers there. Dan, have you a strong opinion here? Yeah, remember that balaclava we chucked in the um, canal a few weeks ago? Try and retrieve it for Novakai. Because I, I normally, uh, as you all know, off, off air, I normally appreci- uh, approach these races thinking lightly raised fillies, loads over to improvement. But I do think there's a form over potential case here. With Novakai and Kev mentioned the pedigree, the dam's out of a half sister to Palisator, who was one of the strongest stayers of, of modern times, wasn't he? He just kept galloping. So, the big angles that a horse who achieved a lot over a mile, she's a Lope de Vega as well, he's going to achieve all the more over middle distances. And we've seen as Tony skillfully picked out two years ago. Um, Aiden's Philly Snowfall, Rose of Kildare won it the year before that. There have been winners of this race who aren't the unexposed top stables, maiden winners, that sort of thing. So um, I'm hoping it's another one of those renewals and Novakai can make a big step forward from for the trip, has the best form, I think, to see the Phillies mile run. And I think if she runs to her level, three won't beat her. So yeah, yeah, don't put, don't put the, the market in races like this because, you know, it is a trial and it is a learning game for them. And But I would say about that, I mean, you don't need a balaclava. I mean, bookmakers will accommodate you on a dead eight, 24 hours out, 24 hours out then, because, you know, you will, if it does quicken up, and we should mention the ground, I mean, it's, they haven't watered and it's good and it's a drying forecast. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, could, don't worry. I'll get it down to seven TC just by backing it. What, sorry? I'll get it down to seven just by backing her each way. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, At least you can support the odds one, two, when you finish <laughs> that. We'll move on to the other race that ITB are covering on Wednesday. That's the 205 in Newton Abbott, the uh, Racing Welfare Mental Health Awareness Week, Handicap Pearl, very important week for Racing Welfare. I think there is only seven here. I have a non-runner. Is Fletch out? Ollie Murphy source Fergus Gregory? Have him right, yeah, I, I'd missed that at the time. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's down to seven here, but at the moment in the market, 11 to four Monjules, Polyphonic is 15 to four, same price swing in London. I hate saying a price like 15 to four. Inferno, Sacre, four to one, and it's eight to one. The I pink- think you've still got eight there. I think there were nine originally. Yeah, that's it's eight running, but you're right, Fletch confirmed non-runner for Ollie. Yeah, okay, so. Still uh, got still got three places at the moment. Dan, what do you like? Well, it's quite interesting because Inferno Sacre has been a revelation, blasting off from the front, did it at Perth. Sort of a style of horse that forces the other jockeys to do something a bit out of the ordinary, and a lot of times they don't want to do it because they don't want to be the one to go and chase him. But he's gone up to 112, and the Perth race wasn't much, and he's got a slightly longer trip as well. He looks a pure two-miler to me. So I wonder if he might just end up setting it up for something. And the one I had, I thought it was maybe between two, but one's twice the price of the other. Monjules are quite liked. Another good run on the flat last time, but I think the Pinkins the most overpriced horse in the race. He's not the most straightforward. He's won different types of headgear, uh, enough seconds to make Oliver Twist blush and all that. But that was better last time. In fact, his last four runs have each been a bit better than the last one. He's just been finding his form. He's down to one nineteen, having been at a peak of one three two. He was second in that four year old handicap, the free handicap at Chepstow, first time out as a four year old. 
And that was a better run last time in a biggish field. The race was won by a handicapped debutant at Tizard's, Buckhorn Rocco. El Machacho got sound form. Restitutions are twice, but he'd, he'd gone off amongst the market principles for a bet for hurdler in the season. And the fifth way out of forced the pace that day, he's won since. Might have been a bit of a pace collapse, but I think this could be too. So the Pinken, again, with the three places angle particularly, I thought was interesting in that eight to one. When you bet fair on racing, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. Like with our racing multiples offer. So if you like to dabble in doubles or flirt with lucky 15s, get extra places on horse racing any day this week. Daily rewards with Betfair. Win or each way market only. Place part of each way bet. Settle at 1.5 odds. Selected UK and Ireland races. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. Be gamble aware to To York. I was missing out the 410, the 7 furlong handicap. Um, four places on the Betfair Sportsbook. Chuzzle with is your favourite of 5 to 1. Six new endeavour. Romanza is six, same price to run. Catch the paddy in there at 10, Coca Jack, 10, whole host of horses priced up here. It's four places. TC, you have a strong opinion here? Um, yeah, I didn't tip him in my column um, on Monday night, but I have backed him subsequently. That's Coco Jack. And normally if you back George Gott horses, it's a route to the poorhouse, isn't it? But I'll give him a chance each way, four places. Um, Coco Jack has got good course form. Uh, finish uh, place in a valuable sales race over course and distance in uh, October uh, has been running well over a mile this season uh, running well enough but I like horses that run well and are slipping down the handicap at the same time uh, I like the idea of him coming back to good ground and I definitely like the idea of him uh, stepping back to seven furlongs for the first time this season so uh, he just looks very solid uh, the stable are you know, haven't had a winner for a while, but like I said, if he the horse has been running well himself, so Coco Jack each way with the extra place for the sports book. Excellent. I think he's around about nines, ten to one. Yeah, yeah, he's that at the moment. Yeah, he's a ten to one chance on the sports book. Yeah. Uh, and what do you like here? Um, I like Ramazan primarily. Far his horse, he, he took over to Ireland, was a strong finish in third in that sales race. Best work at the finish. He just had a likable profile prior to that, getting better and better. Won a Haydock. Nursery. He finished ahead of um, Rod Javarian's horse, New Endeavour, in that sales race. So in theory, should have the beating of him. I believe this Chuzzlewit's very well regarded. I think they viewed him alongside High Royal there, Guinea's runner-up. Uh, and as you might anticipate, early in his career, because he cost 450k and is with powerful owners. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be averse to saving on him with a run behind him on the all-weather back on turf. But Ramazan was my first protocol, and it's, it's a fairly weakish view, I've got to say. Okay, that's fair enough. Thanks for that, Dan. Um, that's Wednesday concluded, and we move on to Thursday. And the first race we're going to look at on Thursday is a five furlong handicap uh, for four-year-olds. Plus, when the dealing's done, a line from the gambler is your four-to-one favourite at the moment. Mountain Peak is seven, Alligator Alley eight, same price designer, illusionists, and Con Conquer are eight-to-one chances also. A couple of old favourites in here. Copper Knights won this twice. He's a 12-to-one chance with Monda Medge in there. Friend of the show, a 14-to-one. A horse you've put up already, Dan, is in here. Mm. Gatham Far, which you know. TC, is this one for you? Uh, No, I mean, well, just a, a few things, though. I mean, there's pace across all the track. I mean, I think you want to be probably middle to high, but Copper Knight is in one. Um, a lot of people might dismiss Copper Knight. I mean, he's won it twice. Um, but interestingly, and he was a bit underwhelming his two runs this season, but interestingly, when he won it twice, he's, he's, he's won it third time out, and clearly they'll be targeting this race. And even more so when you consider he was running off a mark of 104 in this race last year, and he's now down to 88. So mm. um, he's getting on, but the handicap mark is, you know, Gives you gives you a counterbalance to that. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't dismiss uh, Copper Knight at twelve to one, but it's it's a very very trappy race, and and it's one of the races why I couldn't see a pace angle into it either with with it spread across the track. Yeah, just four places on the sportsbook at the moment, but check out there. Uh, I, I think that could be one of the additional place races come Thursday. Dan, did you a strong opinion here? Ooh, I am going to back him, Copper Knight. I think I, th I think it looks. Not plot territory because I'm sure he was just he was struggling to win races subsequently, but he showed he can still do it at Chester. The handicap mark has fallen low, as Tony says. 
It just looks fairly obvious that he'll be geared up for this. The negative, as Tony suggests for me, is not even where the pace is. It's I don't really like extremes of draws in sprints when you've got no cover, not something Kev says as well. There's a horse called Spoof who arrived in really good form at Hamilton on Sunday. We're drawn in one and we're just pulling hard, couldn't get any cover and it was a bit of a disaster. So hoping to avoid that. He might go forward himself. He's been a fast horse and when he's won this race, he's tended to be in the firing line. He's had two runs this season, not beaten that far on heavy ground. I mean, he's got winning form on heavy, but there's just a chance that getting away from conditions like that sparks some sort of return to form. And he's, his record in the race is clearly the key thing. If he gets on that far rail, there's no pace around him. The next pace into him is six. So he could get on that far rail and, and make all. But I think Mountain Peak's the fastest horse in the race, but he's in nine and he's his first time back, isn't he? Okay. Um, that's interesting. So Copper Knight for the two boys, you're going to make it the trifecta for Copper Knight, Kev? No, um, I like designer, um, trained by John Butler. Um, Philly, that kind of she showed up a lot of promise early last season and she kind of just kept improving. And her return at bat in a listed race, there was plenty of promise in that. She just seemed to get found out for the lack of a run close home. Um, John Butler's having a heap of winners at the minute. And the last time this lady went to York, she, she ended up being very impressive in a, in a Philly's handicap over five. So um, I'll take my chance with her. I think there might be another day in her in a handicap before she goes on to be a stakes filly. Okay, fair enough. On to the 225. It's the Middleton, the Phillies race. It's a group two free wind for Frankie and John. And Tady Gosson is your 13 to 8 favourite. 7 to 2, Asteria, Sea Silk Road, 5 to 1. And it's 7 to 1 bar. TC, last time we saw free wind. Jinxy Jim Crowley tried to put Rob Havlin through the rail in, in Haydock. Uh, it was a big talking point and weighed in, I remember. But this, again, was, it was a filly that you uh, you thought highly of last year. We haven't seen her since that incident in Haydock, so obviously she must have had her issues. Yeah, she did. She's back um, as a five-year-old mare. Yeah, I I actually backed her for the arc on the back of that performance. It was a, I thought it was a stunning performance. And as you said, she was entered up a few times after that. We made reference to it. Uh, on a number of occasions, but she never saw the track and just digging around on Google. It's, when when she got put into the rail at Haydock, it seems that she sustained a very nasty injury and Gosden kept on 40, had, had her back and she kept on going backwards. So whether or not she'll be right uh, she'll be right for this, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, mean, I love the filly. I think she's a group one filly all over. But I have a horrible feeling she's going to hit a price around about six to four when I'm actually going to be laying her. Um, because I think this was this is a reasonably deep race, and are they really gonna go, you know, all guns blazing for a group two first time up, given the problems she's had? So uh, especially on maybe quickening ground. So I'm not sure about that. If you're looking for a pace angle in the race, I think Aristia's the obvious one. Uh, but that's got a penalty. But that's a group one winner, and you know, the form with Nashua before the Romane win stacks up really well. So yeah, I mean I if the money keeps on coming for free wind and she's 13 to 8 on the exchange, this money queuing up to backer, um, I might layer up six, around about six to four and have the field running at four to six, but no better at the moment. Okay. She's in the Hardwick, so you're, you are you think again that maybe other days with her? Yeah, I, I just thought they'd try to get a group one into her, wouldn't they? But Hardwick's a group two, isn't it? So, yeah, maybe, maybe she will be. I, I've got no doubt. If she's 100%, I've got no doubt. She'll blow these away. But given the problems, it, you've got to be a bit sceptical, given the, especially given the price. I mean, there's, the six to four is no giveaway. Yeah. Uh, Kev, what are you making of this? Yeah, really interesting race, isn't it? Um, free wind is clearly the most interesting one. But coming back at this trip, you just wonder, are they using it as a stepping stone, as mentioned? I wonder, I, I don't, did, she, did she get injured in that race at Haydock or was it something afterwards? Yeah, John Goldston says she, uh, she injured herself when she got slammed into the rail. Yeah, yeah, well, there you go. That's the and consequence. And she kept on to get her back and she kept on regressing. So yeah. it's obviously a yeah, well. and serious problem. Yeah, that's the that's the bigger picture to that whole interference debate when you're talking about flat racing. You've got these pillies and colts that are worth fortunes, and they're letting letting them in useless bumper cars. Don't forget as well, Barry. You say Jim Crowley tried to put Rab Havlin through the rails. The stewards on the day gave Rab Havlin a five day ban for trying to take a for trying to take a gap that was there, uh, which is yeah in, in a 
in a, in a wide range of bamboozling stewarding decisions we've seen over the years in this issue that that that's right up there at the very very top but anyway can't wait to see her back right they've got her back um from a betting point of view you have to, i think you have to wish her the best of luck and leave her alone at that price in my view anyway um and i thought just on this day um aristia might be the one um very well placed she went over and won the the pre-jean Romanet, um last year with not a strong renewal of it and got a group one in the bag which was a fair effort now because is she really a full-on group one filly i don't know She's probably close to it, but they've got one in the bag now, so they don't have to worry about it so much. And um, look, she's very tactically versatile. She might be a bit more ready for this than than some of her rivals. That um, you know, there's a few lower rated ones that'll be that'll be well ready and throwing their hat in. But at this level, I think Aristia, um, if she's ready, which I suspect she will be, she might be able to catch the likes of Free Wind on the hop a little bit and may well get the run of it up in the front end too. Okay, seven to two second favorite at the moment. Dan, have you a strong opinion here? You're on mute, Dan. Yeah, it was a mute fitting, really, because I genuinely don't have an opinion in this. All right, fair enough. Well, we kick on to the third race on Thursday. That's the Hamilton handicap assessment. Ryan Moore for his boss, Sir Michael Stout, four to one favorite. Northern Express in there at seven to one. Cruyff Turn, who won this race last year, is a nine to one chance. Plenty in there that we know well. Eileen Dove. 12 to 1, Isla Kai, 10 to 1, Tasu is a 14 to 1 chance. TC, do I remember you putting up Isla Kai a couple of times previously on the show? Um, no. I might have done because I might have been because she's a front goer, isn't she? So I might have been a pace and got one or two days, but yeah, I might have done. Um, I probably backed every horse in training at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, some, there were some wild prices going around for uh, in the marketplace um, this morning on Tuesday morning when the when the odds came out. Um, I backed Northern Express eleven to one. I know she's shorter now, and, uh, but that was just a strange price given the course form, given that the good win last time was Frank um, at Hamilton on Sunday of a three pound higher mark. Very obvious chance with the extra places, um, but the. I've had a fair go on Toshizu at 18s, oh. and 18s and 16s. And as with earlier on, I said, I like horses that come down the handicap when they're actually improving on the track or seeming to be. And Toshizu is he's doing that. Um, you're she's, you're going to get a you, you know, Spencer's going to drop her in, uh, drop him in, and yeah, and. She does, but the problem is he does need a, a strongly run race, and I think he's going to get that from 17. And, and crucially, there's pace in 12, 13, uh, 16, 16. So it's plenty of pace around him. And, you know, he, he, the horse is going to be coming hard and late on the outside, but I think a falling handicap of, at 92 underplays her. Uh, she'd been running, uh, sorry, kept on calling her a filly. So, so he, um, yeah, I just like, he's going to be coming late, but I think there's a there's, there's plenty of pace here, and hopefully the, the Spencer will time it right. Obviously, he, he rode a bit of a shocker on calling the wind at Chester, and but that's you know you know what you're getting with Jamie, don't you? But uh, I suspect you'll know you only know your fate very late. Uh, but hopefully, he'll come wide, get a clear run, and if the horse is good enough, which I suspect he might be after marker ninety two, then. Fair play, but it's a very, very tricky race. And like I said, I back Northern Express as well. Five places on the sports book at the moment. Uh, Kevin, you made a little yelp out of you there when TC put that one up. Or did that mean you're following him in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been watching this fellow all season now. Um, Joseph used to train him. I know the horse fairly well. And I've um, just to add a leg to what Tony was saying, what I've been waiting for more than anything with him is better ground, yeah. which he gets here. Um, because that that was the view when he was at Joseph's was that quick ground was quite important to him. Um, he's a hard he's a hard horse to keep right. So look, they seem to be getting a, a good run with him, and yeah, the grounds come right. His mark looks right. Um, everything looks right. Look, I don't think he's a horse you could ever um you could ever put a giant amount of faith in because he, he did disappoint a couple of times when he was when he was expected um earlier in his career, but. I think things are right here. So at the price he is now, he makes plenty of appeal. Excellent. Okay. Two for to Sue. Dan, what are you liking? Well, Ooh. Tony's mentioned the 
the likely galloping. There's some races where you think two or three might go forward. You hope for a stronger race. This surely has to be run at a mad gallop. Point Linus last year when he went neck and neck with the horse through the latter stage. I think it was with Master Richard, wasn't it? When they ran against each other at York, they were well clear of the rest and didn't come back. But you, you'd be staggered if the likes of Guido, who tried to get across from that difficult draw at Chester last week and overdid it when I fancied him a bit, if they don't ensure it's a properly run race. And Aylin Do, I believe, is the correct pronunciation. They go for the Scottish version because I kept getting told on track when this horse was running last season. But the horse, artist formerly known as Eileen Dove, is the horse that I really like. Put him up at Thirsk. Heavy ground might just not be for him. But he travelled really well. He was stuck wide, didn't settle properly. He threatened quite strongly in that Northern Express race, the Thirsk Hunt Cup, until flattening out late on. But two visits to York last season, won a 20-run a Sunday series race, but especially the second one. He beat Blue For You, was chucked in at the time. Blue For You ended up running all those big handicaps, reposes again, will run well. Isla Kay was, was behind him as well. I thought that was a run that very much suggested he's about to bounce back, and I'm not bothered about stall 15, because I think they'll go so mad in front that the field will soon be disjointed and nothing will be that far wide. So, yeah, really sweet on him with the places. I think, I think with the pace, I think they might. the pace might... I know there's pace in one and, and seven, eight, but there's a lot of pace drawn 12 to 18, and I think they might come middle to uh, come middle. And I think, yeah, they might be ideally positioned. Just thought it was a big eye catching run that worth anybody watching back. How he went through that race with he was absolutely full of beans and he made loads of progress last season. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gamblerware.org. On to the feature event, um, the Dante itself at 325. Uh, Epitides is your favourite at three to one for Frankie and the Gossens flying honours um, looking to win another derby try for the same team that gave us military orders the other day is a nine to two chance continuous is 11 to two same price as passenger Cambria legend in there at six to one seven the foxes nine white birches it's really tight betting here one of them Looks It looks like it's going to be, without a shadow of a doubt, the best derby trial ran all year. And whatever wins it is, is sure to go to the head of the market in the derby, TC. Would you concur with that? Hold on now, Barry R. I have to correct you. If I correct Vanessa, I have to correct you. We run yes. the derby at Epsom. We run the derby at, in Kentucky. The derby. Excuse me. <laughs> That's, fair play. That's fair play. I'll take that. In the well, actually, well, it's a possibility that the winner of this race won't be the Derby favourite because the winner of this race could be continuous and continuous is not in the Derby. Now, I've never known any unbeaten Aidan O'Brien Colt going through a Derby trial not being in at Epsom. It's just absolutely curious. And Now, I didn't ask Ryan about this because I imagine it might be political or embarrassment, but... The only thing I could think of is that when a horse won in France last year, had a really pronounced knee action. And whether or not they thought Epsom isn't for this horse, I don't know. Uh, and also, if you look at his breeding, he's probably more minor than middle distance. So whether they thought, no, we don't we don't think this is going to be a mile four horse. But um, I really liked this horse last year and he showed a really good attitude. And, you know, he won over a mile in very testing ground in France. So... So, yeah, there's a real possibility he could win here. Um, and and obviously, bookmakers might be quoting him two to one with a run. Well, I don't know, because he obviously has to They can supplement, can't they? Uh, yeah. yeah, they can do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like I said, it might be tricky for bookmakers because, uh, like I said, he's, I, well, I'm, I'm certain he's not in Epsom. But I've made a big faux pas if that's the case. But, um, no, I, I like continuous. But like you said, I mean, this is the kind of, this is the kind of race where you can have go to bed six times, wake up in the morning and have six different opinion of the race. And it, it is really, really tricky. I actually think Dancing Magic 25 to 1 is is okay. He's a 
He ran okay in the Craven when I put him up at a, a massive price. He's a full brother to a horse of Charlton's. I won a mile six, won a mile six. So I think the step up in triple suit, and actually that mile six one, we actually ended up with Roger Teal. Um, so I think Dancing Magic is 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 half interesting, but I won't be having a bit in the race. But I just thought he was very curious, and and also another thing about Aidan O'Brien is I couldn't believe that he hasn't won the race since two thousand and ten. So. Maybe it's a troll that he doesn't chuck his derby horse out. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, no, I think that could be a fair a, a fair assessment. Uh, I think I seem to remember was running running line was he? Uh, I think he roaring won the, line a roaring line. Sorry, won the Dante, and he wasn't in the derby. He had to be supplemented for the derby, didn't he? Not sure. You you could be right, actually. Wasn't there a big thing that they thought he wouldn't stay or something like? I, yeah, I just, and obviously he, he didn't in the end, did he? But yeah, my, I just I just thought. Have you ever seen an Aidan O'Brien unbeaten Colt in a trial, not even at Epsom? Because they blank it. They blank a carpet bomb yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, you're on mute. You wanted to say something there. Oh, it's good. The one I remembered like that was Galileo Gold a while ago. Well, not Dante related, but they did that testing to check whether they thought he would stay like a genetic. Oh, thing. yeah. The speed, oh, the speed right, gene. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Kevin, um, what are you making of this? Yeah, she's brilliant race. Isn't that proper, proper trial? Um, it's almost a pity it comes so close to Epsom. It was a week or two earlier, and I'd say that's probably a factor in um, what Aiden sends there. You know, I think he likes he likes a bigger gap. Um, Continuous is in the the pre de jockey club, which is the day after the derby. Um, I know that there is a view with him that he does need soft ground. He's not getting soft ground here, um, so it's it's an interesting one. I just very quickly, um, I did ask Ryan that, and he said ideally he would like a bit of dig. But he said, York's a flat track. He said, on good ground on a flat track, these horses that need dig can get away with it. Yeah. And look, I could talk about 10 of these. Like, I really could. I like Canberra Legend um, in the, the field. And, but look, the level of form isn't all that high. Um, I like Continuous last year. Dear, my friend's going to be a big price. I thought he did well on the on all-weather finals day. Um, Flying Honours, you had to like him last year. I don't have a selection. I can keep going. White Birch will be interesting because he brings um, the Irish form in. He's already won an Irish trial. And he was impressive that day. I know up and under, who who he just nipped, was beaten next time um, behind Spreewell. It was a horse that's not getting a lot of chat for, for one that was quite impressive that day um, for the derby. But look, I can keep talking if you like, Barb, but I suspect you want me to shut up so I don't have a yeah. strong view, but I can't wait to see it. We'll kick on with Dan, and I'm just Googling there. I don't think Roaring Line did need to be supplemented for the derby, as you would call it, Kev, as I should also call it. Dan, do you fancy anything in it? <laughs> no, I think I think the lads... Uh, yeah, I, I think people are lying again if they say they've got really strong views in races like this when you've got so many horses open to improvement. Canberra Legends, the one that's impressing most on profile. I really like what he did first time out actually at Newcastle. I know it was only Newcastle, but he powered through that race like a proper horse when the market knew he was a proper horse. So he's the longer term project I'm most interested in, but I, I won't be parting with any hard earned in this. Yeah, I think everyone's looking forward to seeing this race. It should really uh, give us a clear look at the Derby picture. The fourth and final race we're going to talk about in uh, York on Thursday is the four tenets of five furlong Westo stakes for three year olds. Change of mind. Uh, we've no betting on this actually at the moment. The betting's just not on my screen. We'll see if we can dig that up before we finish talking about this race. TC, had you just at first glance have any fancies yeah, I, here? I've seen some betting for it. It's obviously very formative. I haven't seen them yet, TC. Can I propose that I'd make oh. wall bank about 11 to 4, 3 to 1? 92. Oh. Yeah, I'm making favorite that's anyway. I, that's one I was being drawn. It's it's kind of I've never. This is a complete no bet race. I had ten of the eleven as forward goers, if not front runners, uh, and the other one I didn't fancy at all. Uh, the closer, um, Wallbank, I did like. I think he's got the. I think he's got the best form. It's got the group race form, but the problem is, it's a first time tongue tie, and we haven't seen him since July, and so he must have had a problem. I mean, for, for that for that outfit not to have run him since July, they, they've actually left him with the same trainer, which is staggering. But um, yeah, I thought Wallbank, but there was there was enough doubts about me to to leave him alone. I thought it was an incredibly tricky race. Uh, Kevin, did you have any thoughts on this without seeing prices? No, very tricky. Um, Katie Content is one that I liked early. She's she's a little 
small sharp filly um but an awful lot of the the horses in that family are handy and sharp and they, they train on just fine um think um el cabello and um diligent harry and a bunch of those they're all very closely related um so i'm hoping she bounces back because she was disappointing um like she broke the clock the day she won a windsor um and I, she's surely better than she showed in her two starts since so she'll be a big price and hopefully she'll run well it was that Katie content yeah. uh, ranges from about 12s to 14s. Excellent. Yeah, His favourite Rocket right. Rodney. His favourite Rocket Rodney. Okay. Yeah, Rocket he's up there. Rodney is... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the footback 72, 4 to 1. Right. Excellent. Our fifth and final race we're going to talk about on Thursday's card is Salisbury. It's the 205. It's the High Clare Castle Gym Phillies conditions race. Any of these could take a step forward. Dan, this is not one for you. TC, have you a line on this? Yeah, um, I don't think the sports will get any prices here, but I wasn't expecting to have a bet because I rarely do uh, in two-row races, but I had to look before any prices came up and I thought live my life would be underestimated in the market. Got a similar level to form to the winners, gets weight, has course form, and um, the first three firms up make him a uh, nine-to-one shot. Um, I thought that was wrong. I literally just had a score on it. Okay. It's, it's, Pretty much irrelevant, but yeah, I've had a bit in the race. Yeah, I saw her at Newmarket. Actually, she she's kind of a, a like a handy, strong, real, real sharp looking thing. I'd say whatever she does, kind of now, you know that that that'll be her. So um, she might be a bit sharper than some of these. Excellent. You've no opinion there, Kev? Have you? No. No. Okay. All remains then is the naps, lads. Across the two days, the naps. Dan, we'll kick off with you. What's your nap? Uh, Aylin Do. Eileen Dove. Each a winning place, please, Barry, because I like a ah. WMP. Right, okay, Kev, what are you looking at? Ah, Tashizu. Tashizu, Tashizu. Better go win in place. We'll, we'll follow Windy Barber. Okay. Same race. <laughs> TC, you following in as well, Tashizu? Um, I was going to, but I'm going win only bet. Hopefully, it'll be a massive drifter at Betfair SP. I'm going to chance Gisborne because if he's right, he could well be winning that off a mark of 88 and it'll be 20 to 1 plus minimum, I would imagine. You're the early leader in the naps as well, it's easy, I think. What? Yeah. You- yeah. I'm still I'm still filthy over the ride that Luna Sovereign got, but yeah. <laughs> I, my email's gone into the BHA about that one. <laughs> I've, had no, I've not even had a hard luck story yet so far this season. Uh, you'll get plenty as we as we carry on. Soldier on through these trenches, Dan. Don't worry, you'll have plenty of hard luck stories. Okay, guys, thanks very much for that. Like I said, Vanessa will be back on Thursday to look at Friday and Saturday's racing with the team. Until then, thank you very much. Gamble responsibly and enjoy the first two days of York's Dante meeting. Mm-hmm.